And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and yes, we're always working on your financial freedom. It's my privilege to be joining you today. And as always, if you miss any part of this show, uh, how do you find it? Uh, podcast apps, the easiest way on your smartphone. It is free to subscribe to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Just hit that button on your smartphone, go to the search at the bottom, Lifestyles Unlimited, it'll pop up and subscribe, and that show will upload automatically, and you can listen to us in your free time. Also, the website, and as always, you can find us on YouTube. All right, today's show, uh, I'm going to answer three questions from our listeners, so we'll call it a mailbag show. And what's pretty neat, uh, all three of these emails to me kind of tag around a theme, I guess, uh, some relatable subjects or concerns. So stay tuned for that. But first, I want to take a moment and I want to take a few minutes really and just talk about where we find ourselves in today's market uh, as a real estate investor. Real estate is cyclical, okay? You can look at essentially the ebbs and flows of real estate over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, even further back than that. And uh, you'll see an emerging market. You'll see where we hit the peak of the market. You'll see where the market trends down. You'll see the troughs and it'll come back uh, and it'll just cycle that way over and over and over. Now, how long those cycles are, that's the multi-million dollar question and that's unpredictable uh, we just came out of a very long upward trending cycle if you will and and i call the top of that cycle i want to say it was december 2021 maybe uh, early 2022 i'm no expert uh, but for me 2021 there was just unbelievable appreciation and and you knew it was trending toward the top it had to come down uh, at some point now i say all that to say that it is always a good time to buy real estate. It's always a good time to invest in real estate, provided you set it up properly, okay? Provided you do what we teach here at Lifestyles Unlimited. However, there are times when the advantage is more in favor of the buyer, right? The market shift. I mean, sometimes it's a seller's market, right? 2021 was absolutely a seller's market. How do I know that? Because you'd put a property for sale on the market and you wouldn't have one or two offers. You would have 15 or 20 or more offers. And many of those offers were people offering to buy that property for more than you were listing it. Okay. That's, that is right there, a seller's market. That is a classic example of what happens in a seller's market. Now, other times you may have, uh, and call it what you will, a neutral, a normal, a, a natural market, right? That's uh, just kind of in the middle of the ups and the down. And then there are times when it's the buyer's market, right? What was the most recent buyer's market? I would say 2008 to 2010, there was blood in the water, right? To use that analogy. Uh, essentially, there were no buyers. So that's how you know it's a buyer's market. When you're the only one, when someone's 
having to sell a property, when they need to sell a property, and you're the only one making the offer, that's a buyer's market, or there's only two or three of you making an offer on that property. And many properties purchased during that time, amazingly, uh, using our method, we were able to acquire those properties for zero out of pocket, zero down. Okay. It was an incredible time. Uh, where are we today? Where is the market now? Well, we have shifted from a seller's market, right? That, that late 2021, early 2022 to what I would say is the neutral or normal market. That's, that's where we are right now. And you may be saying, well, Mike, interest rates are insane. How is this a normal market? My response is how are interest rates insane? Are you looking at a two-year window or are you looking at a 10 or a 20 or a 30 or a 50-year window? Remember, real estate is cyclical. If you look at the long-term horizon, 7% is a normal interest rate. Now, we predicted this shift a year ago, over a year ago. If you were listening to this show or the shows hosted by our other host, Andy Webb, Al Gordon, Del Walmsley, we've been talking about this for over a year, maybe even a year and a half, saying that the shift is coming. The market cycle is changing. We predicted this well over a year ago. And I want to get to a point today, and I want to talk about this. How many of you have ever said to yourself or have heard someone say out loud, I wish I'd gotten into real estate back then. Uh, or I wish I had invested in real estate during this time frame or during this period. People will say that. If you listen, when people find out that I'm a real estate investor, after the first guy trips over his tongue to tell me how his uncle went bankrupt on a bad property because he rented it to a biker gang, once we get that guy carted off and, and out of the way, uh, when you're having a, a, an intelligent conversation with somebody, you'll often hear him say, wow, I, I wish I had invested in real estate or I should have invested in real estate. You, you hear that all the time. Well, the point I want to make is now is that time. In, in fact, when I bought my first property uh, in 2011, my gosh, I think I'd been kicking that idea around in my head at least five years, maybe even longer than that. And finally, my God, and and looking back, I'm kind of like, why didn't I act sooner? Uh, well, for those of you that haven't, um, now's the time. It's it's here now. Now, cash flows per single family property, I'll, I'll tell you, they're down compared to where we've been the last um, three, four, five, six years. Uh, they're going to average about 250 or 350 uh, per property, right? You just get you know, you get 10 of those with an extra $2,500 a month, change your life tax-free. Yeah, I bet it would. Uh, but let me tell you, equity captures are way up, okay? So while we had high cash flow, remember, real estate cyclical. So we had high cash flow previously, but we had lower equity captures. Now the equity captures are, are massive, 50, 100 plus percent. Uh, of your invested. So if you're buying that property, 25,000 out of pocket, uh, it is it is not difficult to make an additional 25, maybe even $50,000 on that equity capture. I've seen them bigger than that. So you can easily make a, a, a 100% equity capture in, in the market that we're in right now. Um, and this is what we saw. The, that's kind of what we were seeing in 2011 through 2015. Okay. The cycle comes back around. We were teaching 10 years ago 
uh, cash flow at 250 or $300 per home. Well, we're back to that, okay? Uh, so I just want to get that out there. And I also want to get out um, on this whole theme, what's the number one regret of every real estate investor, everyone who's already done it, not the person who says they wish they had, the number one regret of everyone who's already done it or is doing it now, you know what they always say? To a person, they will tell you this. What is your number one regret? I wish I had started earlier. Mike, what's your number one regret? I wish I had started earlier. I mean, can I say that enough? Do not live in regret. I don't want you to live in regret. It's a sick feeling. I also want to say, what's holding you back? What is it? What's in your way? Send me an email. All right, let's get to the emails. Uh, here's the first one. This is from Indy. Uh, Mike, with interest rates being what they are, would it be a good time to buy single-family homes or wait a while? Well, if you're just now tuning in, uh, I'm going to hit this. If you've been listening to me for the entire show, I think you know where I'm going if you caught the first segment. Interest rates. Listen to me here. All right? It's going to maybe controversial to some of y'all. Interest rates have no bearing on buying an investment property other than the fact that they represent one factor of the analysis. Just one, okay? There are several factors. What are the other factors? Well, out of pocket. How much are you coming out of pocket to buy that property? What what will this property rent for in that particular neighborhood? ARV, what is the after-repaired value, right? We're buying distressed properties. We're giving them a facelift. We're fixing every, everything. Uh, we're lifting them up on the interior, giving them an upgrade. So we're fixing the exterior, the interior, uh, repairing everything that needs to be repaired. We're bringing this property up to clean and functional. What's it going to be worth after we do all that? After we do all that, we can back everything out and we can figure out what our equity capture is. And like I said, easy 50%, uh, it, more likely 100% if you're doing this right. We're seeing it all the time. What's that rehab expense going to be, right? We need to know that. We're plugging these into our analysis. Cash flow. What's the cash flow going to be after we pay the principal, the interest, the taxes, and the insurance? Okay. Now, not to mention in our analysis, uh, and this is pretty much pre-math, right? Everything I just talked about is math. Um, home type, uh, age, location, neighborhood, what's the market like? But you're doing all that pre uh predetermined before you even get to that property to where you're going to start plugging in numbers. So interest rate is only one part of all of that. What is the most important? Cash flow. Okay. It must cash flow. You're going to plug in, what, a 7% interest rate? If you still have cash flow on the backside after you pay the, the PITI, principal interest taxes, insurance, you've got a property right there. You now have a property to invest in, right? Uh, but if you've got cash flow, check that box, right? That is the most important. Everything else trends down after that. Uh, keep in mind, my first property I bought within the Lifestyles Unlimited model was a 5.5% interest rate. At the time, what were people telling me? Wow, that's a really high interest rate. I still had cash flow. I still had an excellent equity capture. Okay. At the time, I thought I was just hitting a single, right? We're moving from uh, the, the bat, we're moving from the plate to first base. Um, that property turned out, I, I'm not going to say it was a grand slam, but it was much better than a single. Somewhere in between, uh, I wouldn't even say it was a home run, but it just, I mean, it was the golden egg. It cash flowed beautifully. It had a nice equity capture. When we sold it, we made a nice return. 
Now, when you're doing your analysis in regard to rate, right, we're talking about interest rate, get pre-approved. Don't just get online and go, well, I think my interest rate's going to be this. No, find out. Get that relationship with the lender. Know what your rate's going to be. Your uh, your lender may give you a, uh, a range. They may say, well, uh, based on your credit and based on the value of your properties you're looking to buy, you may be from 6.5% to 7.2%. I'm just throwing this out in as an example. Don't use my rates, okay? Um, if that if that's the case, do your evaluation at 7.2, okay? Do your evaluation at the worst case scenario. And then what are we looking for? We're looking for that cash flow. And if you if you've got that, then you've got a great prospect for a great investment. We'll be right back after a short break. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Lifestyles Unlimited success stories. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing in the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still, we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done to, to be able to find the properties how do we find the properties how do you find the time and God answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job this house was a dog and through the rehab I think we turned it into a little pony you bought the house for seventy three thousand dollars correct and your appraised value actually is a hundred and forty four thousand dollars you put in forty five for the work so that leaves you a net equity of eleven thousand with a return on capital gain of 70%. The cash flow is $458 a month for a cash-on-cash return rate of 35%. In person and online, learning dates at lukstudy.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Harrison. If you have any questions or comments for me, my email address is askmike at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Got an email from Indy. Indy says, with interest rates being what they are, would it be a good time to buy single-family homes or wait a while? I hit that interest rate previously, but I want to address the second part of your question. Uh, would it be a good time to buy single-family homes or wait a while? I want to ask you this. Um, why do you want to wait? What What do you know tomorrow that's going to make buying real estate better. If you're ready to invest, it's never a bad time to buy. Just do your analysis. Make sure you're you're educated. Next email. Uh, the subject line on this is uh, multifamily or single family. This is from Lisa. My husband and I are active membership, uh, active preferred members. Uh, we're in three deals and uh, I'm not going to share how much she has invested. I was listening to one of your shows on a podcast, thought you'd be a good person to ask for advice on how to decide if we should get some single-family homes uh, like a challenge member or do one more passive when we come across more cash later this year. Times have changed since we started our passive journey in 2020 when inflation was low. Now we are interested in more cash flow. Okay, Lisa, there's, there's a lot there. I guess when you say we come across more cash later this year, that will be, um, that's the money you're going to move to invest. All right, your last part of your question, you're interested in more cash flow. 
Um, I think you've just about answered your own question, Lisa. Um, it depends on strategy, but if cash flow is what you're after now, I want you to do, uh, I want you to define what that requirement is. Okay, uh, what do you, what are you looking for? Is is it a set amount on a monthly, um, or is it a percentage of return? Okay, there is a difference. Um, if you're looking for a five percent return, um, that's different than saying, "Hey, uh, I want a ten to fifteen percent cash on cash return." So, if you want to maximize cash flow, the, the answer is easy. That's right now is single family houses. They're going to cash flow immediately. Uh, you're going to be able to get that property set up within ninety days, um, maybe a little more, but all mine were were ninety days. I mean, we hit it and we turned it and we got a resident in there and uh, 10 to 15 percent or more cash on cash return in a single family house uh, that's the standard right now okay what's the standard in multifamily passive apartment communities uh, five to six percent cash on cash annually um, and that's after a seasoning period and that seasoning period may be six months to a year now i'm just throwing these out okay i'm not saying every deal is this okay you've got to do your own analysis some will be less some will be more but the bottom line is that the returns in houses are much better right now as a percentage. Um, if you're saying, hey, I need an extra five grand a month, then figure out how many houses that is. Uh, that's probably 10 to 15 houses if that's what you're, you're looking for. Um, but your return as a percentage for sure in houses is much better. Now, the good news, um, apartment communities, the cash flow in apartment communities uh, as a percentage is starting to trend up. I've seen it in my own portfolio this year. We're, we're getting paid a higher percentage on those apartment communities is trending. So what's happening is sellers are being, uh, they're having to sell at a price that makes sense in today's market. It's not the price that they want. Remember we're in a normal market. Um, I just don't foresee 10 to 15% cash flow from apartment communities in the near term. Again, I'm not saying that somebody doesn't have that. Uh, some of these IROs, uh, they definitely have it, where they own the entire property. They don't have any partners. Uh, the overhead's much less, uh, and they're able to maximize it in some of those smaller ones. Um, but I'm just not seeing a 10 to 15%. Uh, so, for example, if you had 35000 and that was your out-of-pocket for single-family uh, purchase, uh, 10 to 15 percent of that annualized would be, uh, let's see, 3,500 to just over, yeah, five grand, 5250 per year. Uh, excuse me, doing math on the radio. Um, so uh, with that net cash flow, you know, 300 to 400 per home um, to get 5,000 per year uh, would take about a hundred thousand uh, dollar. If you need 5,000 a year, it'd take a hundred thousand in multifamily, but you can get the same. For thirty-five thousand in single-family, um, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, so that's why I say that the uh, the houses are definitely the the better deal on cash flow right now. Okay, uh, next question. Um, hello, all the this is from Daniel. All the houses I've been trying to purchase will not cash flow. I have excellent credit, but after rehab, the conventional loan does not cash flow. I've been pre-approved. I'm trying to purchase a home in San Antonio. I am not a preferred member and only have enough cash for two houses. 
I would like any advice on how to find a house that will cash flow. And he says he's looking for the 322. All right. Uh, I had mentioned it, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get the engine rolling, so to speak, and, and to initially find that first home. If you're just trying to do this all alone, you're going to struggle because you're only one person looking through the haystack for the needle. You need to get some other people involved. So my first bit of advice is tell everyone you know, friends, families, acquaintances, work associates, you have a contractor come out and, and do some work on your, your personal family home, tell that contractor, right? You don't know who knows uh, that may be selling a property. They may have an, an elderly relative uh, that's moving out and moving into an assisted living, or they, there may be an inheritance house or something along those lines. So let everybody know and, and remind them. I'm not saying call them once a week, uh, but as you run into these people, update them on your property search uh, tell them what you're looking for. Just an everyday bread and butter, 322, uh, a house that's distressed, that needs a little love. Now, on those same lines, I want you to network, network, and network again. Okay, you are a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. Attend the Lifestyles Unlimited events. Um, I hope you're on our email blast from our realtors that are sending out properties. If you're a challenge level, you can be on that email blast, and they'll send you properties uh, that are available, but talk to everyone you know. Talk to the lenders, right? The hard money lenders often are handed properties that are 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 needing to be sold. Also, don't sign a contract with any one realtor uh, saying, "Hey, you're my sole realtor." Don't sign anything. Just tell every realtor you can come across, "Hey, you're looking for a home." Reach out to some of these realtors. Okay, reach out to uh, these realtors and say, "Hey, I am pre-approved. Here's my letter." Uh, send it to them and tell them you're ready to buy. You don't you don't know. Again, uh, people sell houses for numerous reasons, and uh, someone's going to tell somebody that they're selling a house, and if you're in that, uh, that little zone, that network zone, uh, word can get to you, and, and you, can, you can act quickly. Uh, I've used different realtors on many different deals. Uh, I've purchased homes just thinking out loud from at least six different realtors that I, that I know of. Um, and those realtors, they may know other realtors that, that work in, in certain neighborhoods. Okay. So you're going to want to reach out. Uh, I'm going to throw a number 20 to 30 of them. Okay. Tell them you're looking to buy now. Also in your realtor search, you want to find the selling agent. Okay. You want to find, um, there's a buying they don't come naturally right out, but you can see online uh, who, what, what realtors, when you research them online, you can see if they've got five, 10 or 15 properties listed for sale. That's a selling agent. Okay. So find those selling agents. And then when you're talking to them, ask them if they know some other selling agents, it's a tight crowd there. They, they all know somebody who knows somebody and they all work together. Um, Realtor.com. There's some great online uh, means to find these properties. Uh, Realtor.com is an excellent one because you can set up your search parameters. You mentioned San Antonio. I'm sure there's a few zip codes in certain neighborhoods that you're interested in. Set those automatic search parameters up and then go check Realtor.com daily. Um, you never know what's going to pop up. Uh, occasionally you find that property and boom, you do your analysis right there. You can look at the property. Uh, it's great. And you can go look at the property. So realtor.com is a very powerful tool. I'll tell you some other tools. I've had some friends that have used both Craigslist and Facebook. 
to buy a house. Yes, Craigslist and Facebook. You will see homes for sale in both of those. Uh, and, I, and I know people who have utilized those and, and found great rental properties. Craig, Craigslist uh, is where you're going to find maybe that unsophisticated seller that it could be an inherited property. It could be a property from a relative. It could be their own property that they've got to get out of. And quickly, they can put a, put a thing out on Craigslist within just a matter of seconds and throw it out there. So scan those on a, on a daily basis. Bird dog. What is bird dog? And I used to bird dog all the time. I would find the neighborhoods where I wanted rental property or where I owned rental property. Um, and I would just drive up and down the streets in some of those neighborhoods when I had time uh, because those were the right neighborhoods for the type of property I was buying. Uh, I was buying a uh, typically a 1980s build, uh, 322, just a nice, modest property. Uh, looked for properties that were, um, obviously, that had the for sale sign. Um, looked for for sale by owner, okay? If you can find that, those are great. The realtor community, like I said, is, is close-knit, and typically, if they're representing a buyer, they're not going to show them a for sale by owner. They're miffed by the whole commission side of things, and, and typically, they're going to ignore that house. So if you're driving by and you see for sale by owner, get out and go knock on the door. Uh, if there's a phone number, go call it. Uh, look for vacant homes. If you find a vacant home, you can get on the uh, the tax website in that county. You can find out who owns it. Um, there may or may not be the ability to contact that person, but you may be able to pass that off. Uh, if you've got a realtor that's helping you find a property and you can say, hey, here's a vacant property. Let's find out what's going on. Why is it vacant? Do they need to sell it? Uh, look for those broken down homes, right? If they're just absolutely dilapidated, um, go knock on the door, right? Be brazen. Be absolute brazen. You're trying to find an investment and keep in mind you're helping somebody out. If they need to sell it, uh, they'll sell it. This is what wholesalers do. So there's nothing stopping you from getting out and, and, and doing the same thing. Speaking of wholesalers, get on as many of those lists as you can. Uh, I will, a uh, word of caution though, if you find a, a a home from a wholesaler, uh, do your analysis. They tend to um, exaggerate in some areas. Hey, it only needs 20,000 rehab. And you look at it and you're like, eh, it needs 30. I'm not saying that's a deal breaker. Just pencil that in on your analysis. The ARV of this house is such and such. And you're like, eh, it's really about $10,000 less, maybe 15, but it's still a good property. Fits for me. But uh, get on as many wholesaler lists as you can. Look, they're trying to make money. Um, you know, somebody's buying it at those prices, but just do your analysis. Uh, right now in this normal market, there's not as many buyers as there were. So if you're on their list, uh, that's welcome to them. Keep in mind, it took me six months to find that property uh, that fit me. And, and more realistically, um, I was probably hesitant and failed to act when I should have. I don't know if that's your case. You did say that they weren't cash flowing. Um, and yes, cash flow is the, the most important thing. So I would even say this, um, if you're putting the minimum down and it's not cash flowing, what if you added an extra $10,000? Would it cash flow then at that point? Um, I'm not saying do this all the time. I'm darn sure not saying pay cash. But if you're increasing your down payment and you're still in that property uh, for let's say, you know, 35% equity, 
maybe no more than 40 of after repaired value. That's not a bad play. Okay, it's not a bad play with with current interest rates where they are right now. And if there is some sort of downtick in interest rates uh, in the future, you're going to be in a really sweet position. So don't rule out uh, upping your your down payment. I would have never told you to do that when rates were 3%, uh, 3.5%. No, no, and no. We can make so much more um, with our play. But a 7% interest rate, again, right there, a normal rate. Um, if you upped your down a little bit, just play with the equation. Um, we have that Quest software. I don't know if you're using that, but that can help you quickly go through this. And then you can always upgrade to a challenge membership if you haven't already. And that's where we'll find properties for you. But as you're doing it, never forget, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Make it a great day, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.